skeleton crew to another Radnorock classic cartoon commentary. And my favorite of the Disney World War II propaganda cartoons. One that is uncomfortable, yet hilarious, and well, <laughs> you'll, you'll see. <laughs> Brace yourself. And the song, oh, the song is just the best. Der Fuhrer's face. Here we go. <laughs> Gets me every time. It's a Disney cartoon. <laughs> Look at the clouds. Look at the bushes. <laughs> Oh no, the windmill. It's, you know, super duper. It's culturally insensitive, yeah. But I get it. I get it. <laughs> At the time, there was, there was no punches to be pulled. She's <laughs> everything, by the way. Everything is a swastika. And there's our boy. <laughs> Did you hear the clock? You hear what the clock was saying? Uncomfortable. Look at the wallpaper. <laughs> oh, man. Things you never imagined Donald Duck would say. <sighs> Uniforms. Basically a paper bag, eh? Oh boy. <laughs> Keep your food in a safe. <laughs> Hot commodities there. A little uh coffee tea. <laughs> a single bean. You dip a single bean and that's your coffee when you're a Nazi. <laughs> Aroma of bacon, is that what that said? Like, what what other way to, you know, you got to bring some levity to what's going on, I guess. But at the same time, you really want to, you want to demean the axis as much as possible. <laughs> it's a Disney cartoon. It's for kids. <laughs> Nazi land. That's where they are. Forty-eight hours a day. The butt patches are pretty funny. Another title for this cartoon 
Was Donald Duck in Nutsy Land? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uncomfortable, but hilarious. And again, in. <laughs> Donald Duck in a in a scenario you'd never imagine any Disney character to be in. I feel like it would only work with Donald too. They were gonna say hell. <laughs> Like, you couldn't do this with Mickey Mouse. Maybe Goofy, but Goofy but Goofy just, you know, is is so clumsy, he, he just fumbles everything. You need Donald Duck. And can you imagine? I think it's Clarence Nash who did the voice of Donald for this. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. Can you imagine being being Donald, the voice actor for Donald and, and the dialogue here? I guess back then, though, you know, when, when you're, you're making this clearly as, as a farce and as a parody of your enemy, like, there's probably a lot of pride in this. Oh, a vacation with pay? Oh yeah, exercise. One, two, three. <laughs> okay, what is... One, two, three. And now oh, the vacation is over by special decree of the You have been chosen to work Oh yay. You can tell how much fun they had producing this. I wonder, I wonder if Hitler ever ever saw this, or any other Nazis. I would imagine content like this would have been banned. But Disney, being as globally renowned as he was, or the, the company even was, did this fly under their radar? I, 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 I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, oh, it's so... Unco <laughs> Look at that. Not, never in my life before seeing this would I have ever imagined seeing Donald Duck as Hitler. Cracked. There you go. Big reveal. It was all a dream. Donald Duck could never be a Nazi. Uh, uh, uh. No. Lady Liberty. That's. That's who Donald knows and loves. You and I both, Donald. You and I both.
This this is worth a podcast, I think. To dive dive deep into everything we didn't know we wanted to know about that cartoon. Uh, it's like I said, it's one of my favorites. Super, super uncomfortable, mind blowing. The first time I saw it, I was just dumbfounded and in awe, shock and awe of what I was witnessing. So, hope you enjoyed it. And if you didn't, I don't know. It it's it is what it is. It is what it is. And you know what? Let's do it. Let's look into. Everything we didn't know we wanted to know about this short and really truly know what it is that it is. You know? <laughs> All right. Retrospective time for Der Fuhrer's face. Am I saying that right? Der Fuhrer's. I don't I don't have I don't have a German good German accent. Der Fuhrer's. Directed by Jack Kinney. Story by Joe Grant and Dick Humor. We know him. His name pops up quite a bit in the uh, old school animation days and usually associated with Disney, I believe, to my recollection. Produced by Disney, Walt Disney. uh, Starring Clarence Nash, Cliff Edwards, which... For those of you who don't know, Cliff Edwards is also Jiminy Cricket. And Charles Judels? Judels? Last name is J-U-D-E-L-S. You tell me how that's pronounced. Judels? Judels? The music was by Oliver Wallace. Animated by Bob Carlson, Les Clark, Bill Justice, Milt Neal, Charles Nichols, and John Sibley, Sibley, S-I-B-L-E-Y. Hmm. Anyhow, uh, release date, January 1st, 1943, in the United States. De Fuhrer's Face, originally titled A Nightmare in Nutsyland, or Donald Duck in Nutsyland, and Nutsy, N-U-T-Z-I-L-A-N-D, which <laughs> tickles me in a way. Um, a Nightmare in Nutsyland would, I think, I think that would have been too on the nose. That would, have, that would have spoiled the ending, the twist ending, where Donald isn't actually a Nazi. <laughs> but Donald Duck in Nutsyland, I think that would have been a fun... I think that would have been a fun title. But I guess the song Der Fuhrer's Face was so popular that they just said, no, let's go with it. Uh, I could be making that up, but you know what? Let's find out. Let's find out. Uh, Let's see. This is a 1943 American animated anti-Nazi propaganda short film produced by Walt Disney Productions, created in 1942 and released January 1st, 1943 by RKO pictures the cartoon which features donald duck in a nightmare setting working at a factory in nazi germany was made in an effort to sell war bonds and is an example of american propaganda during world war ii the film was directed by jack kenny and written by joe grant and dick humor 
Spike Jones released a version of Oliver Wallace's theme for the short before the film was released. Interesting. So the song was released before the short itself, which I'm wondering if that played into a uh, into the retitling. Defuhrer's face won the Oscar for Best Animated Short at the 15th Academy Awards. The 15th Academy Awards. It is the only Donald Duck film to receive the honor, although eight other films have also been nominated. In 1994, it was voted number 22 of the 50 greatest cartoons of all time by members of the animation field. Wow. So top the 50 greatest cartoons of all time, and this is number 22. 50 greatest cartoons. We I have more significantly more than than 50 cartoons I've done commentary for. It's insane. That's wild to think. So you're going to take the thousands of anime uh, cartoons that exist up through 1994. So that's not even like of its age. This isn't the top 50 cartoons up to 1943. This is this was done in 1994. Insanity. Crazy. Anyway. However, because the propagandist Propaganda. <laughs> I know the word. I can read the word. I just can't get it out. Ready? Let's try it again. However, because of the propagandistic nature of the short, the depiction of Donald Duck as a Nazi, all bet a deeply reluctant one, Disney kept the film out of general circulation after its original release. Its first home release came in 2004 with the release of the third wave of the Walt Disney Treasures DVD set. I have that, and that is where I uh, encountered this short for the first time. And let me tell you, it made quite the impression on me. (laughs) If you couldn't tell from earlier during the commentary. Which, that commentary, for those of you podcast listeners is available at leolegacy.com. So go scope it out. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast platform, well, you're going to want to visit our website and scope out the short in its entirety with my commentary there. Um, all right, so here's a part where it just breaks down the plot. Do we need to break down the plot because we just watched it? Well, I guess if you're podcast only, you just listened to it. But, you know, if you if you want the plot, go and watch it. With a commentary or without, but preferably with a commentary. So, it, it seems redundant to go over the plot again. Uh, voice cast, we went over that. Clarence Nash was Donald Duck. Uh, Cliff Edwards as Nazi leader singer. And then Charles Judels, Judels as offstage Nazi. Let's double, let's, let's verify this. Cliff of Avon or Clifton Avon, Cliff 
Edwards, nicknamed Ukulele Ike, was an American musician and actor. He was, or he enjoyed considerable popularity in the 1920s and 30s, specializing in jazz renditions of pop standards and novelty tunes. He had number one, wait a minute. Is this not Jiminy Cricket? What? Oh, I could have been wrong, guys. Oh, man. But isn't Jiminy Cricket's name, like the, the voice actor, isn't that Cliff Edwards? Yes, it is. See, there we go. There we go. His most famous voice role was as Jiminy Cricket in Walt Disney's Pinocchio 1940. I knew it. Don't doubt me. None of you out there doubt me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was aggressive. Um, okay, the song. Let's let's look into the song. Before the film's release, the popular band Spike Jones and his City Slickers, noted for their parodies of popular songs of the time, released a version of Oliver Wallace's theme song, The Fuhrer's Face, also known informally as the Nazi song. So Spike Jones and his city slickers were like the original Weird Al Yankovic. Fascinating. Um, let's see, okay. Also known as a Nazi song in September 1942. Oh, oh let's go back. Sorry, I, I, I went off on a tangent. Um, let's see, so they did parodies and they released a version of Oliver Wallace's theme song, De Fuhrer's Face, also for, informally known as the Nazi song, uh, in September 40, 1942 is when they released it on RCA Victor Bluebird Records, uh, number 11,586, whatever that means. Unlike the version in the cartoon, some Spike Jones versions contain the sound effect of an instrument he called the uh, Birdophone. <laughs> the Birdophone. Um, a rubber razor, also known as the Bronx Cheer, with each hile to show contempt for Hitler. Instead, the cartoon version features the sound of a tuba. Interesting. The so-called Bronx cheer was a well-known expression of disgust in that time period and was not deemed obscene or offensive. The sheet music covers... Or wait, hang on. The sheet music cover bears the image of Donald Duck throwing a tomato in Hitler's face. In the Jones version, the chorus line Ja, we is the Superman is answered by a soloist's super duper Superman. <laughs> a vehemently delivered a vehemently delivered suggesting the prevalence of a sp what what does this mean i can't say this word let's get it right um epicenity 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 e p i c e n i t y is the lack 
of gender distinction, often often reducing the emphasis on the masculine to allow the feminine. Huh. Okay. It includes androgyny having both masculine and feminine characteristics. The objective gender neutral may described or may describe epicinity. Epicinity. Oh. So I guess when they did super duper supermen, they wanted it to be uh oh it says effeminately, like feminine. Effeminately delivered. So he goes super duper supermen. And it's supposed to be effeminate. Got it. I feel like in the cartoon it's pretty effeminate though too. <laughs> that is a really that is a really fun part. Um yeah. Anyway, in the Disney version, these lines are flatly delivered, but with emphasis or let's see. Uh in the Disney version, these lines are flatly delivered, but with effeminate gestures by Herman Goring. Oh, got it. So they kept the effeminate nature of the deliverance of the line, but instead of a nondescript gender gendered crowd saying it back, it was Herman Goring. Okay. <laughs> super duper superman. Um, the recording was very popular, peaking at number three on the U.S. charts. Wow. That's pretty exciting. Um, Other versions, Johnny Bond, that's a cool name, recorded the song in in July 1942 on the OK label. O-K-E-H label. OK in capital letters, E-H in lowercase letters label. What is that? What is that? Um, let's see, Tommy Trinder recorded the song in the United Kingdom soon after the cartoon's release. And then Harry Turtledove adapted the song in one of his color... color he adapted the song in one of his colonization novels in tune with the novel's theme of an alternate history alien invasion during World War II. Wow. Do you think aliens came down during World War II? I mean, after World War II, I, I think is when they really got the uptick in uh, UFO sightings. Um, political themes. <laughs> political themes. And this, you don't say... Oh, although the film prior or a little bit, hey, look, I never said I was a good reader, okay? Actually, I say quite the opposite. I claim to be dyslexic because I am, and that makes reading aloud difficult. So the fact that I'm doing this at all should be appreciated. Now, I'm going to get back to reading this. I would appreciate it if you stopped laughing. That's not true. I hope you laugh. I hope you laugh a lot when you listen to these. Okay, political themes. Although the film portrays events in Nazi Germany, its release came while the United States also was on total war footing. What does that mean? Although the film portrays events in Nazi Germany, its release came while the United States also was on total war 
footing. What does that mean? Total war is a type of warfare that includes any and all civilian associate or civilian associated resources and infrastructure as legitimate military targets. Huh. Okay. That's pretty terrifying, really. Um, coffee, meat, and food, or coffee, meat, and food oils were being rationed. Oh, okay. Civilians were heavily employed in military production and propaganda in support of the war effort, such as the film itself was pat or pervasive. Interesting. So does that is not not Wait, let's try that again. Coffee, meat, and food oils were being rationed. Civilians were heavily employed in military production and propaganda in support of the war, such as the film itself was pervasive. So I that sounds negative. Uh, the film's criticism, therefore, emphasizes violence and terror under the Nazi government as compared with the dull grind that all the warning or that all the warring nations faced. So from what I'm getting is that all the nations during this wartime were being um, bombarded with the war itself by having food rations and heavy employment and military production and propaganda of the war effort. Uh, we're, we're all pervasive. Okay, we're all kind of annoying. So in the cartoon, they show how much worse it is in Nazi Germany. So it's like, hey, it's bad here, but it's worse there. Which, okay, I get. I, I can understand that. Um, censorship. Wow. In 2010, Defuhrer's face was ruled by a local court in Kamchat. Russia to be included in the national list of extremist materials which was first created in 2002 well I wonder why Russia doesn't have a positive outlook on this cartoon could it be because they were part of the Axis and this is you know slapping them in the face to a degree uh, this was due to a local who received a suspension Bended sentence of six months for uploading it to the internet. Oh, and inciting hatred and enmity and enmity. What is that? What is that? E n m i t y. So somebody uploaded this. So somebody in Russia uploaded this to the internet, and they were sentenced to six months. In prison, a Russian prison. That's insane. On July 21st, 2016, another Russian court reversed the ruling of the local court, removing the short film from the list. The court highlighted that the film's portrayal of Nazism through a caricature form cannot be deemed extremist in nature. Well, I'm glad some rationality prevailed in that. 
because that's that's crazy. Uh, in popular culture, um, in August 1943, the cover of four favorite number 11 depicted the unknown soldier captain courageous lightning and magno along with davy his boy partner uh, uh-oh, all singing to Fuhrer's face while an anthropomorphized war bond <laughs> simultaneously knocks out Emperor Hirito, Adolf Hitler, and Benito Mussolini in one punch. Wow. So we got all three of them in one one swing. Who put this out? Four favorites. That is such a wild cover. And you know what? It, it, it looks... It looks kind of marvel if I'm being I'm being honest. Um, cool. Home Media, the short was released on May 18th, 2004 in the Walt Disney Treasures, Walt Disney on the Front Lines, which again, that's that's where I first encountered this uh this short. What fun. This um these extra tidbits were were illuminating and enlightening. I uh, I stand by this being one of my favorite cartoons of all time. And you know what? Apparently, it's it's number twenty two of the fifty greatest cartoons of all time. So wow, that's that's even more phenomenal than than I had re- originally anticipated. That all being said, I hope you go and check it out. I I absolutely love World War II propaganda cartoons. Um, definitely going to do more commentaries and retrospectives, both in video and podcast form in the future. For the complete cartoon with commentary, go to leolegacy.com and navigate your way to our podcasts section and under retrospectives where you can find this audio episode plus plus the cartoon with commentary while you are there at leolegacy.com you know after after you watch the cartoon and while listening to the podcast maybe go and visit our Skeleton Crew store. There, in our Skeleton Crew store, you can find, oh, all kinds of fun things. Apparel, accessories, home goods, everything branded with our Skeleton Crew brand. Uh, For those Disney aficionados out there, scope out our Disnerd collection, which is our tribute to Walt Disney where I've designed uh, kind of my own takes on some popular Disney-ness. So that might be up your alley. If it's not up your alley, you might find something else that is. Uh, 
across all your favorite social media platforms, all of them, every single one of them, you can find us at Leal Legacy, L-E-A-L, across all of them, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, yeah, you know, whatever else is out there, we keep it, you know, on point, well-branded, Leal Legacy. And if you, for whatever reason, don't want to follow Leal Legacy, specifically well maybe you want to be just support the skeleton crew and you can find that at skeleton crew fc and that's c-r-u-e f-c for fight club skeleton crew fight club um what else what else i think i think that kind of wraps it up did i promote the store enough I hope so. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. You're definitely going to find something you want to wear or something someone else will want to wear. Oh, yeah. And then the home goods thing, like I was talking about. I've started producing posters. So I got some fun posters. Ones that you're not going to find anywhere else. And that also could be found, I think, in the Disnerd collection. Maybe. Probably. But click around the site. Click around the site. Find something you like. If you like... The uh, if you like this cartoon commentary, well, good news, I have a whole slew of cartoons that I've done comedy or comedy. I hope it's comedy commentary for. Uh, just click on the commentary section on, at leolegacy.com or scope it out on YouTube. Or for the cartoons we can't post on YouTube, you can find that on Rumble. And that includes the feature, the Disney animated features with commentary. That's right. I do whole movies as well. Not just shorts, but full feature length films. Working my way through all the Disney animated features. Uh, as of this recording, a little, a little touch into the prime timeline, uh, you can find Snow White and Pinocchio. Full commentaries over the full film at leolegacy.com or on rumble for now. Uh, but it'll always be available at leolegacy.com in one way or another. So with all that being said, I <clears throat> hope you dug it. My throat needs some clearing, so I'm going to do that, but I'm not going to do that in your ear. I'm going to be polite. Uh, until next time, thanks for being a friend and telling a friend. And remember we are the super duper supermen. Super duper superman.